What's the deal with the Joe Long Show? Episode 5 is called Comedy. for tuning into the fifth episode of the Joe Long Show. My name, of course, is Joe Long. Yes, the Joe Long. And this is my show. You may have found this show on iTunes, Google Play, or on any podcatcher. Or you might be checking us out on the Lord's Internet at thejoelong.com. If you enjoy the show, please feel free to pass uh, the show around on social media or any other way that you wish to do so. I've heard some great feedback about the show, but I'd love to hear uh, some awesome things that you have to say about the the show or the episode or anything like that. So please uh, feel free to be back in touch. If you have any ideas of things I should talk about uh, in the second season of The Joe Long Show, please feel free to do that as well. We are broadcasting this episode from the Chief Gorlack Pumpington the First Memorial Studios in Strathroy, Ontario. And the drink of choice this week is the Forked River Capital Blonde Ale from the Forked River Brewing Company. Uh, that's a local London, Ontario brewery. And I'll have a link to their website on the show notes at thejolong.com. As mentioned in the intro, uh, the name or the title of this episode is Comedy... I would like to mention that uh, my friend Jerry and I have a comedy podcast called The Funny 20 Podcast, and uh, we release that every other week, and it's usually about us just shooting the breeze and uh, making comments about a subject or playing a game, or in the future we're going to be doing a couple drafts. So uh, if you'd like to hear me maybe in a more comedic voice or... Uh, you'd want to hear my friend Jerry, then you can definitely uh, feel free to do that. Also, it's family friendly, uh, so we have lots of fun and it's uh, clean. Uh, I usually have a link to the Funny 20 podcast in my show notes again at thejoelong.com. So comedy is what this episode is about, and comedy was one of my first loves. I've always enjoyed being silly and making people laugh. I've always enjoyed satire and silliness, and stand-up. I learned far too early of an age that uh, I'm not what folks call good-looking. I'm the kind of guy that a grandmother would express, oh, he's a handsome boy. And unfortunately, I was never into grandmothers, so sorry to disappoint. I learned at far too young of an age that I had to rely on my wits if I wanted to touch a girl's heart. One of the comedic stories I remember was hearing a poem that I'm actually going to share next week uh, when I discuss winter turning into spring. 
But I have another poem that I want to share with you. It's from uh, the British author Roald Dahl. So you'll hear this after the jingle. As soon as Wolf began to feel that he would like a decent meal, he went and knocked on Grandma's door, and Grandma opened it, she saw. The sharp white teeth, the horrid grin, and Wolfie said, May I come in? Poor Grandma Ma was terrified. He's going to eat me up, she cried. And she was absolutely right. He ate her up in one big bite. But Grandmama was small and tough, and Wolfie wailed, That's not enough. I haven't yet begun to feel that I have had a decent meal. He ran around the kitchen yelping, I've got to have a second helping. Then added with a frightened leer, I'm therefore going to wait right here, Till little Miss Red Riding Hood comes home walking from in the wood. He quickly put on Grandma's clothes. Of course, he hadn't eaten those. He dressed himself in a coat and hat. He put on shoes, and after that, he even brushed and curled his hair, then sat himself in Grandma's chair. In came the little girl in red. She stopped, she stared. And then she said, What big ears you have, Grandma? All the better to hear you with, the wolf replied. What great big eyes you have, Grandma, said Little Red Riding Hood. All the better to see you with, the wolf replied. He sat there watching her and smiled. He thought, I'm going to eat this child. Compared with her old grandmama, she was going to taste like caviar. Then Little Red Riding Hood said, But Grandma, what a lovely great big furry coat you have on. That's wrong, cried Wolf. Have you forgot to tell me what big teeth I've got? Oh, well, no matter what you say, I'm going to eat you anyway. The small girl sighed, one eyelid flickers. She whips a pistol from her knickers. She aims it at the creature's head, and bang, 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 she shoots him dead. A few weeks later, in the wood, I came across Miss Riding Hood. But what a change, no cloak of red, no silly hood upon her head. She said, hello, and please do note, my lovely furry, Wolfskin Coat. The poem that I just read was called Little Red Riding Hood and the Wolf by Roald Dahl. Now, this poem comes from a book called Revolting Rhymes, and that was released in the 80s. I remember a book that would have been released in the 90s called Stinky Cheese Man and Other Fairly Stupid Tales. And I had maybe a little more of an attachment to that book. 
but the books shared a little bit of a to- uh, of a similar tone. My favorite book from this Stingy Cheese Man book was one called The Very Ugly Duckling. In it, it tells the story of the ugly duckling. I, I'm sure you remember that tale as there's a duckling that's ugly, but the reason that it's ugly when you grow up, you can, when it grows up, you can tell that it's a swan and it's a beautiful creature. The very ugly duckling, when it grows up, it just turns to be a very, very ugly duck. I feel like good parody has been lost. Now it's either too bitter or too unintelligent. Books like these were great in my youth. It was taking something that I knew and twisting it to be funny. You know, it didn't have any uh, mean intentions or it wasn't, you know, dick and fart jokes the entire time. Some of my favorite movies from being younger were from Mel Brooks. He did a great job of spoofing one of my favorite movies in Spaceballs, but he also did Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, and my favorite of all of his movies, Robin Hood Men in Tights. He poked fun at the genre, he poked fun at our culture, but he did it without being too bitter or without being too uh, too on the nose or too dick and fart jokey. Now, I don't know if you've watched any parody films recently, but the ones that we've been stuck with in the past little while are Scary Movie 5 or Disaster Movie. If you haven't taken the time to watch these films, maybe it's for the better. These films kind of sit on that that line of uh, maybe too unintelligent and not really poking fun at anything other than itself. However... There is a new hope in this in this genre of of parody films, and I found it actually in in an unforeseen spot or an unexpected uh, medium. Lego, the 2014 Lego Movie and the recently released 2017 Lego Batman Movie have been have been a great showing. You know, they poke fun at society, and in the in the Batman's case, they poke fun at Batman and other superhero properties. And so maybe it's animation that's going to take and carry on this mantle. But since I'm on the the topic of satire and parody, I'd like to take a moment just to talk about culture and about our media right now. Is it just me, or are we in an age now where the media is starting to become very obviously polarized? where there's very left-handed and very, uh, sorry, very left-wing and very right-wing media. And they're actually becoming parodies of themselves. You know, I'm not one to agree with Donald Trump on on a typical response, but really these news outlets are starting to become fake news outlets. They're a joke. There's something to reporting the news and reporting if something someone's done something wrong. However, the result that we've been seeing now is that we, the great unwashed, are being dragged into the media outlets' uh, biases, and we're starting to demonize and uh, the op- opponent or the the people that are in opposition to us, instead of trying to find a middle ground. This isn't how democracy works. Democracy works when there's two sides that can come together in diplomacy and 
figure out a compromise, make a decision that works for the two parties. So our system's broken, and I think it starts with the media. Well, I guess that's the end of that rant. After some music, I'm going to tell you a little bit of a story. So some time ago, I was, uh, Ashley had gone away for a girl's weekend and it was uh, good for her. She needed to get away. Uh, But at home, uh, there was a little bit of stress. There was a little bit of, uh, I was in the transition of a new job and things weren't, weren't easy at home. So it was good for Ashley to get away, but I needed to, I decided I'm going to go out and have a walk. This time I decided not to take our puppy at the time, Charlie, but I was just going to go off on my own and, and walk throughout the town. I came to a, a, a cross in the road and to my left was a site that I hadn't recognized. I was kind of walking through a part of town that I didn't really know. And it was an old bar, an old Portuguese pub. So I, I climbed into, uh, into the bar, down a couple of steps into, into the bar. And as soon as I walked in, I knew that something was off. The lights were low and hanging from the ceiling were three slabs of meat, almost like a chandelier. Uh, each meat kind of hung from the roof. Now, uh, they were maybe 10, 11 feet above my head. You know, thinking it was odd and maybe being a little bold, I said to the barkeep, I said, hey, uh, barkeep, what's uh, what's the deal with the meat? And he said, ah, I, a young gentleman like yourself, fully fit and, and, and athletic. You are the man that I should be talking to about these slabs of meat. And I said, and knowing that uh, that he was trying to butter me up a little bit, I, I, I continued cautiously. Uh, I'm not... Uh, I'm not telling any lies to say that I'm probably not the athletic man that he thought I was. So either he was blind or pulling on the sales pitch pretty hard. And so the barkeep said to me, he said, these, these slabs of meat, they're, uh, it's, it's our entertainment. All you have to do is you have to stand below the slab of meat, jump and smack it with your hand. So now, looking up, this was 11 feet above my head. I didn't know what to do. So I, I said, well, well, what's the catch here? And the bar, the bartender said to me, he, he continued. So the bartender continued, here's exactly that thing. Okay. If you touch that meat, you get to a have free drinks at this bar for the next year. B. Have a free appetizer for yourself and a friend when you come to this bar. Every day. It could be every day for a year. And C. The Big Pooba. You will receive $100,000 cash money within the next week. 
if you are able to jump and smack the meat. I said, okay. Now, obviously, nothing comes for free, so there's got to be some kind of catch. And he said, aha, you're a, you're a man of wisdom. You see, if you start to play this game and you do not hit the meat, then you must come every day, every week, and pay for everyone's drink in the bar for one hour, knowing that that can't be it. He, I looked at him in the eye and said, are you sure that's it? He said, all right, I, I, I need to tell you there's more. Also, our insurance will come after you. They'll come, they'll break your wife's leg. And I said, sir, I'm, I'm at, uh, my wife's not even home. You, you know, you can't come get my wife. He's like, ah, I know. But that's, you just have to play the game. Remember, you could win a hundred thousand dollars. Free beer and free appetizers. So he looked at me in the eye and asked, Are you going to play the game, sir? And I responded after a pause. I looked at him and said, No, sir, I won't play your game. The stakes are too high. Now, Norm MacDonald is my favorite comedian. And this joke, if you know know him at all, is kind of using the same shtick that he's used notoriously when he goes to the Conan O'Brien show. Uh, you know, he, when he's a, a guest on those late night shows, he kind of, uh, embellishes a, a, a very basic joke. So please feel free to take this opportunity to go into a black hole of YouTube videos of Norm MacDonald. I'll put a link on the show notes at thejolong.com of, uh, one of his, uh, his long form jokes that he has. And speaking of late night, I want to go into a bit of a, uh, how I got into thinking that I could be funny someday. So after some sweet music, you'll hear that. in the 10th grade, my brother and some of his friends had wanted to put on a youth event at their church. I was new to the Christian faith, and I was good at being the butt of their jokes, so I was a shoo-in to be a part of their group. In fact, uh, they had a common group that, in the body of Christ, I was the butt. With this youth event, we decided we'd put on a late-night show called The Late Night with Tiod and the crew. And I was Andy Richter to Todd's Conan. I was the pinky to his brain, the Jerry Lewis to his Dean Martin. We ended up having three or four of these events. In these events, I learned the value of working hard and thoughtfully thinking through presentation. I also solidified my faith, but learned how to write comedy as a team. Again, I was in grade 10. From that point on, I wanted to make a living being in front of people whether that's through music or being a stand-up comedian or something else. I mean, maybe this podcast is actually kind of a jumping point for that. 
Well, thanks for listening to this fifth episode of The Joe Long Show. Again, please remember to subscribe and to rate and review on iTunes. That'll help the podcast get a little more uh, traction and fan action. Uh, So that would be great. Next week, we're going to be talking about winter turning to spring. I'll see you then.